Chapter 4 0801 hours, the 22nd of September, 2047, Astralita. Controller, this is an honour. Ord stepped forward as Ellison emerged from the elevator, followed by McAllister. May I offer you breakfast? Thank you, no. The Hesicaster is ready. Waiting in the lab as you requested. Good. Let's go. So, this is the synergizer. Ord watched him take in the lab. The couch, the monitor wall, the lines and wires, paraphernalia of the crash pack. God, Ellison and McAllister in there together practically crowded it out. Pazakian was waiting by the far side of the couch, Shearer beside him. If you Care to sit down, controller? Ord drew out the stool, but Ellison waved it away. He did, however, accept a beaker of soy calf from Sook. Ord waited for the command to begin, trying not to let his anxiety show. Ellison had come for a live demonstration of the machine. And after, would they all be re-wrapped and shipped back into hell? Hesicaster, as you can guess, we couldn't verify all your data, Ellison said. But enough. I'm prepared to accept your prediction as a working hypothesis. Working hypothesis? Ord listened, stunned. He'd fought away the visions of yesterday, pushed them from his mind. But now this man was standing there with a beaker of soy calf, coolly talking of apocalypse. I understood, Ellison went on, that what Ord sent me yesterday was a memory of your vision as processed and recorded through this machine. I congratulate Dr. Ord on his achievement, and you, Hesigaster, on your phenomenal power of recall. Now, as we discussed, Hesigaster, I'd find more of these visions useful. Tell me, do you have as much control over them as over your conscious thought? No. But through meditation, I am lucky sometimes. Ord sensed reluctance on the old man's part. Pazakian was too honest. Ellison was going to use him. He knew it, but he couldn't stall by lying. What did this mean to Ord? God, to have found a man who could shift from mental to psi-mode? Ord had never run a live vision through the works. He remembered the scimitar the day before, 
its sudden surges. Had the Hesychast been on the verge of a ship then? Oh, Lord, that all would be lucky enough to see it. I see, Ellison said. Hesychast, I want you to stay here, work with Dr. Ord. Get into a prophetic frame of mind. Dr. Ord, Ellison turned to him now, ignoring a stifled protest from the girl. I stressed yesterday the urgency of the situation. Quite controller. Anything controller. Only let us stay. On the 25th of this month, I take the World Council chair. Congratulations, controller. Thank you, Ord. From there I intend to move with all speed to prevent what you saw from happening. With the Hesychaster's help. The old man smiled wryly. You want more visions, controller? Yes. And if I refuse to cooperate, I'll have you held for treason. You can't. He's not a Pan-American citizen. Miss Shearer, my authority is now supranational. Think, young lady, your grandfather may be about to have the distinction as the first man to be held for treason against Earth. Hesychaster, you think to cull me with threats, controller. The old man shook his head. I shall stay, but not to fan the flames of war. Remember that I reserved the right to serve my own ends within the limits of our common cause, and I shall see that you don't. Are you ready, Ord? Ord moved to the couch. What a pair they made, those two! Two cockbirds squaring off across the synergizer, the hawk and the dove. Aware of Ellison's eyes on him, Ord laid the hesychaster down, adjusted the headband, and straightened up. We'll just run through a simple visualization routine, controller, the sort of thing we use to establish the personal norm. As he said that, he saw the scimitar, noted with a stir of excitement that the old man's psi energy was at a new high. He caught Sook's quick glance. Cool, Sook. Keep cool. Maybe they'd all see history today. Ord pointed to a row of visiplates part way down the monitor wall. Those plates register the Hesychaster's vital signs, controller. Everything normal so far. And these here on the row beneath. Ord ran his neat little hand over the crystal panels. Monitor his brain waves, type, intensity, and so on. As you can see, already the Hesychaster is at deep alpha level that his mental concentration is high and rising. And that, Ellison pointed to the scimitar, its bright green indicator already rolling 
like an Atlantic wave in a force five gale. That is the psi-meter, sir, or scimitar as we call it. It monitors the psi energy and also indicates if and when the subject slipped from mental into psi mode. A psi mode? He'd be having a vision then. Exactly, sir. Ord nodded briskly, as though that would be perfectly normal, and that it happened all the time. The old man's eyes were closed. Ord bent down. A circle, Hezicaster, if you will. Black on white, he said, and kicked himself. He was acquiring an almost superstitious suspicion of that test. Ellison took the stool now, ready for the show. Ord crossed his fingers and prayed. The tears came up silver. Thank you, Lord. Grey mist began to form, then twirled slowly, slowly, anti-clockwise. It slid sideways a little, then cross-caught it and focused. The circle came, smaller, sharper, nice, nice. Ord glanced to the controller, saw with satisfaction that the beaker of soy calf balanced on his knees was forgotten. He was just turning back to the instrument wall when suddenly the T.S. went blank. Oh, no. Not now. Sir, Prosser said, just as Ord himself saw the scimitar. In that same moment, the old man's face contorted. His body jerked, and every blip broke sink. Needles and lines ran wild at crazy speed, and the luminous green of the scimitar rolled like a bloody great riptide, swamping the visiplate. The old man went into spasm. A cry from the girl, a quick glance from Zook, and I told you so, or a what to do. Crash back. At Ord's command, Prosser broke out an IV, clapped it to the old man's arm, while Sook opened the sluices. What is it? What's happening? Ellison was on his feet. A brilliant flash exploded from the screen, making Ord blink. Then another and another, a whole string of them, like sheet lightning. Ord, Ellison said, but Ord barely heard him. The old man's adrenaline had reached an impossible high. Ord watched Sue panic down again. This wasn't like twenty-five. That woman had only gone catatonic for a spell. This was something much worse. The pulse rate was faster than a hummingbird's, and the respiration shallow. The eyes opened rolled up under the lids. The lips were going cyanotic. Oxygen! Ord placed the mask over the old man's face, adjusted the feed. No change. The T.S. now was a blinding, continuous white. What 
whatever it was, was killing him. Shook looked up, pointed surreptitiously towards the headband. He shook his head. To remove it now might only make things worse. The brilliance cut abruptly, leaving the tears dark. And in that instant, Shira looked up. He's gone, she began to cry. What did the silly cow mean, he'd gone? That he was dead? How odd despise that sort of thing. He scanned the visiplates. She was right, though. They looked as though a storm had passed through them, leaving them totally white. Oh, God, what was he going to do? Odd, what in fire hell is going on? Odd took his courage in both hands. A controller, uh, we have an emergency. I must ask you all to leave, McAllister and Miss Shearer, now. No, Shearer. Ord chose his words as much for Ellison as for her. Wherever your grandfather is, we'll get him back. If you'll give us space. Please, you must wait outside. She put her arms about the old man's shoulders. You get out, she said. Leave us alone. You've done enough. Grandfather should never have come here. McAllister went over, tried to draw her away, but she only clung the tighter to the old man. Ord looked to Ellison for support. Shira, come, let them do what they have to do, but only in the way. But the moment you know anything, Ord, I want to hear. Of course, sir. The conference room's just that way down the hall. McAllister pulled Shira still resisting, away from the couch and through the door after Ellison. Ord closed the door almost on their heels, then leaned against it and closed his eyes. How could you? How could you say we're going to get him back? Ord turned on Sook defiantly. We can at least try. Have faith. For ten minutes, they gave the old man everything they had, but finally even Ord gave up. God, what now? Sook bent down to remove the respirator. Hold it. Her eyes flashed. Why? It's not doing him any good. It's not him I'm thinking of. Now he had to go down that passage to tell Aunt Rody that her old grey goose was dead. You don't give a damn, do you? Ord was mildly shocked. He'd never seen her so mad. You knew something like this could happen, but you didn't say. Maybe the old man had a condition or something. You never checked. And here we are, only the three of us, with this antiquated junk. She kicked the side of the resuscitated tank. I have no choice, Sook. The point is, he's gone. And we're still here, and we're just about to fry. You're just about to fry, and I'm glad. You're a cold, conniving, selfish son of a selfish, lousy bastard, and I'll be glad to get back to the overspill. Sir? 
Prosser turned from the wall. A swatch of dry-dye quarter strips in his hand. You want to look at these? What? Oh, yes. Ord turned from the ghostly face under the shining sheath of the respirator, from the heat of Sook's anger. Thank God for Prosser. The flashes. There must have been at least four minutes of them, including the continuous light. At that point, the old man's sigh reading had gone off the wall. What do you think, Prosser? Ord took the strips, fanned them across his palm. It looked to me like a flash burnout, as though something tapped into his thigh and stripped him of everything in one fast go. Something? God, was Zook still mad? You mean the goddamn synergizer! We should never have used it again without more testing. I should have said the man could still be alive. Don't blame yourself, Prosser said. I don't blame anybody. The whole thing happened too sudden and too fast. That was true. It had been fast, all right. Ord thought of the flashes blinding the room. Flashes! He whirled around, patched in the slow-mo jetter, turned it to the lowest setting, and set it to run through the auxiliary viewing screen. Then he slipped in the first strip. Bingo. The screen filled with a jerky succession of blurred stills. What had they caught? One frame in five hundred, maybe? But then the images had come through so fast. Christ! Too fast for any human mind to visualize and survive. Why, that's Earth. Prosser said slowly. Ord gazed at the screen, at the blue-green globe slowly turning, tilting and wobbling slightly on its axis. It was. Pre-war earth, all mist and soft blues and salty greens. Shadow overtook the globe, and there, suddenly, Tiny flashes broke out all over the surface. Beautiful, deadly spangles. Light slid around Earth's curve. The beginning of a new day. The mist, the blue and the green were gone. Now all was red and brown and sickly ochres. Earth as she was now. Seen from Hengst's lunar observatory as shown on the public compu screens. I hate Ellison, Sook said softly behind him, and I hate you for helping him. He's going to make all this happen again. Can't you see that? Haven't you been watching the news? Ord stayed quiet. What could he say? What could he do? one way or another. He removed that first strip, set it aside. 
Was it a continuation of what they'd seen the day before? It certainly looked like it, and yet this was no mere memory of a vision, not according to the scimitar. Ord put in another strip. Radically different subject matter, this. Nothing to do with war, as far as Ord could tell. He was looking at a fuzzy landscape of small whitewashed cottages baking in a bright sun. Urchins running along a hazy white sand beside a deep blue sea. A dog ran alongside them underfoot, its ears flopping wildly in the wind. Ord rubbed his head, fascinated, puzzled. Fires of hell! Ellison's voice came angrily from the doorway. I'm waiting for news, and I find you looking at a picture show. The controller strode to the couch. Is he dead? Ord looked pointedly past Sook. He's in a coma, sir. We're doing all we can. Go on, Sook. Say it. Say it. Sook said nothing. By looking at pictures. They may tell us what happened, sir. You mean you don't know? Was it your synergizer, Ord? I don't think so, sir, Ord found himself saying, and looked Sook full in the eye. To his surprise, she looked down. The answer lies there, sir. Ord nodded at the screen and realized he meant what he said. On the screen, the urchins still ran along the sand, halted in mid-stride. Ord ran it on, watched them splash into the tide. Kanakali, Ellison said softly. I saw something very like the other day. Let's see another. Ord retrieved the strip, slipped in the next one, and there was the hesicaster, a young man in India, China, crossing Africa on foot. Another strip, and he was standing bearded, arms raised against a sea of cheering faces, their mouths opened in dark, round O's. The man's life. Ellison said, it's a review of his life. Ord watched the pictures jerk disconnectedly across the screen. The old guy's life, passing before his eyes at high speed. Oh, God! Quickly, he slipped in a fresh strip to stall the coming row. A wild assortment of images now took the screen. A mishmash of fragments. Animals, birds, fishes, sea, mountains, trees, flowers, a rainstorm, a dinosaur, a whale, a trilobite, nautilus, amoeba, figures, equations, diagrams, charts, maps, Passing across the screen now at blinding rate, even at that slow speed. 
God knows how much the corder had missed. It was a living stream of human consciousness. It's clear to me, Ellison said. It's no more, no less than the dying man's life passing before him. Odd, you have much to answer for. I don't think so, sir, Prosser said. Oh? Prosser stood his ground. What have equations, dinosaurs, nautilus shells and maps and diagrams got to do with his personal life? More likely, he was taking inventory. Of what man? Ellison demanded. Prosser turned to Ord. Sir, I think that for reasons unknown, maybe in response to some unknown stimulus, he suddenly gave out all he knew, not just about himself, but Earth. Grandfather! Shearer appeared excitedly in the doorway, followed by McAllister. She ran to the couch, bent over the old man. He's coming back. Dr. Ord. Zook's voice came urgently from behind them. As Ord spun on his heel, a light winked on the monitor wall. Just one. But it was enough. The girl was right. Incredibly, the old man was returning to life. The lines stirred, began to flow across the visiplates. Fazakian was shifting up yet another notch from wherever he'd been. Against all reason, he was zooming up from the death zone and back into Alpha State. His scimitar surged. No half measures there. That energy was soaring with a vengeance. Shira seized the old man's hand. Grandfather! The hesicaster made no move, gave no sign that he'd heard. But when the girl looked up, she was smiling. It's all right, she said. It's all right now. How had she known? Ord wondered. Before he could ask her, the tear slid up again, not with quick bright flashes this time, but with slow bands of colour. Like a light show, they shifted and changed, drifting down the screen, mutating all the while, hues for which Ord had no name, until gradually, as though by trial and error, they took on a familiar aspect, resembling now nothing more exotic than a standard spectrum test card for a tri-dye corder. The bands steadied, pinched in at the centre, the ends fanning out to form a rainbow aster. For an instant it hung motionless, then it began to turn, a colour wheel flashing into blinding white. The screen darkened, and all at once, filled with tiny points of light. Stars, Ord muttered, 
then bit his lip in the silence. The stars wavered momentarily, then began to speed towards them. He glanced to the scimitar. Solid, luminous, green. It was happening. The old man must be having a vision. He turned back to the screen. Now, by some trick of gestalt, he was moving towards the stars, not them towards him. And suddenly, with a whoosh, the stars smeared and streaked into a tunnel of light, through which they were all speeding at a sickening rate. Ord closed his eyes, felt the brilliance flashing upon his lids. When he reopened them, the light had recompressed, foreshortened back into familiar star points again. But in formations never seen from Earth, the viewpoint slowed, spiralled towards a near sun, grazed its orbit, and sped on, executing at last a wide parabolic turn, until in the centre of the screen now shone a bright disk of light. The disk grew larger, crowding out the black, until it was a globe, all mist, soft, blues and salty greens. The globe became a void, flattened at its poles, spinning slowly on an axis, inclined at an angle of about twenty degrees. Earth, Ellison murmured, but it couldn't be, Ord knew, not against that alien might. They arced across the glowing horizon and entered the upper atmosphere to be smothered instantly by thick white cloud. Seconds later, they dropped gently, coming to rest on... What? Paradise? Another Eden? Before them, under a cold winter sun, stretched a high lake of deepest, bluest green, ringed in by grey-blue mountains capped with snow. From the lake ran a river, narrow, twisting, falling, tumbling over precipices, down into lush green valleys, widening now, slowing, snaking through brackish marshland to a silver sea. The viewpoint rose some, and they were on the move again, towards the lake, until mountains shut out hill and plain and sea. They finally alighted on a small plateau beside the high lake, at the foot of a lesser peak. Then, incredibly, the room filled with sound. The soft soughing of wind across the rock face, the answering lap of ruffled waters over the cold lake, the creak of branches bending, swaying in the mountain air. Suddenly, with a harsh scream that started Ork in his skin, a wild white bird, eagle-beaked and big as an albatross, swooped down from overhead. 
This was impossible. The synergizer was not cleared for sound. But there it was, and Ord stared entranced, unable to budge. The air was clear, the sky a deep, rich blue. There was life, movement, and he could almost smell the fragrance of the tiny blue flowers at his feet. Somehow he sensed that it was growing warm up there, and that it soon would be summer. He sighed, a deep sigh of release. How good it felt to be in that high, clear atmosphere after all those years breathing canned air under a plastic dome. All at once the picture faded, leaving them all staring at the stream, transfixed, unable to break the spell. The girl stirred first, raising the old man's hand and holding it to her face. The wall was quiet, quiet but normal. Vital signs, normal. Mental activity, normal. Sigh level, normal, for that one anyway. Ord reached over and removed first the air mask, then the headband. Soup unclipped the sluice bulbs and unhooked the IV. And the hesicaster slept on under his own steam.